the Great British Manufacturing Podcast, brought to you by MTD, MFD and Jefferson. Hello and welcome to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. On this week's show, we review the latest positive news from the British manufacturing sector with companies such as Bentley, McCain and many more. We also welcome another special guest, Kwasi Kwarteng, Secretary of State for Business, Energy and the Industrial Strategy. My name is Joe Reynolds and joining me as always is Stuart Whitehead. Stu, let's start with some breaking news. Tell us some more about Nissan. Yeah, break over the last hour, Joe. They have reportedly in advance talks with the UK government to build a gigafactory under a post-Brexit plan to make Britain the firm's largest electric car production hub outside Japan. New factory at Nissan's Sunderland plant would be run by Nissan's battery maker Envision and support the production of 200,000 battery cars a year, as well as thousands of jobs. Credits to the FT for breaking this story. Yeah, fingers crossed that comes to fruition. I'm sure it will. Uh, and there's also plans for a pioneering £54 million glass research facility in St. Helens. You know, the investment here is clear to see. Absolutely. Green light today. Network space on behalf of the not-for-profit research and technology organisation Glass Futures has won approval to build a, a 160,000 square foot global centre of excellence at the former United Glass site in St. Helens. The facility will be used to deliver industry and government-backed R&D projects focused on decarbonising glass production and so forth, and will also provide a platform for industry to test and trial their own commercial ideas. Capable of producing 30 tonnes of sustainable glass a day, work is expected to begin on the site in July, and is scheduled to finish in December next year. Another new factory in Staffordshire, this time IAE, uh, Livestock Handling Equipment Manufacturer. Yeah, I must admit, it's not a company... I've too familiar with, but continues the theme of new factories. So they are the UK's leading manufacturer of light-up handling equipment, equestrian stabling, steel fencing and shelter, so a very diverse company, set to create more than 50 new jobs as part of a £15 million investment programme. The company is transforming its Mossfield Road headquarters in Adley Green with the construction of a purpose-built factory, a visitor centre, new powder coating plant, and it will see IAE's 450-strong workforce which is based across two sites, brought together for the first time. Right, that's enough news for now. We'll come back with lots more news later in the show. But first, let's introduce our special guest, Kwasi Kwarteng, Secretary of State for Business, Energy and Industrial Strategy. Kwasi, a very warm welcome to the podcast and many thanks for joining us. Hello, thank you for having me. More than welcome. Uh, we always ask our guests for a short introduction. Please can you tell us about your current role and your journey to date? So I'm Kwasi Kwarteng. Uh, I'm 46 years old. In fact, it's my birthday today, so I'm celebrating that. Uh, I was elected as MP for Spellthorn in 2010. And uh, in 2019, I was appointed Minister of State for Energy within Bayes. I've been a junior minister in uh, DEXEU, the Department for Exiting the EU, before that. Uh, but in 2019, I was appointed as Minister of State for Bayes, did the job uh, for 18 months, and I was very um, grateful and honoured to be asked by the Prime Minister in January uh, to be Secretary of State for the department. My predecessor and friend, Alok Sharma, went uh, to head COP26. And because of that, uh, I was asked to, be, to become Secretary of State. Fascinating insights and happy birthday. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. A question from a listener this time. Could you briefly explain the government strategy for bolstering manufacturing in the, in the UK, please? I think we've been very focused on manufacturing. In fact, the manufacturing figures have been stronger than at any time uh, pretty much in the last uh, 20 years, the manufacturing growth. 
And what we're doing is we're talking to businesses, we're attracting investment. Uh, we, the free ports have been extremely uh, well received. I was delighted to be up in Teesside where G Renewable Energy uh, announced their plans for a new uh, blade manufacturing facility in Teesside. That's real investment. I think it was 142 million pounds that they've uh, committed. Um, we've also got British Vault, uh, who've announced that they are going to begin the UK's first gigafactory in Blyth in Northumberland. Uh, Johnson Matthey have also just opened a new battery technology centre in Oxfordshire. So we're having lots of conversations with businesses. We're encouraging uh, manufacturing. And there's a real appetite out there to invest in Britain. Yeah, I echo Stuart's sentiments. Many happy returns for the day. Um, Thank you. As the UK's leading manufacturing channel podcast, we wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't ask about the demise of the industrial strategy. Um, we frequently get asked about plan for growth, build back better, things like this, which I know the, avail uh, the information is available online, but manufacturers, you know, is there going to be anything dedicated to manufacturing sector? I think there's a huge amount, actually, we're thinking uh, about manufacturing. My issue with the industrial strategy was that it was from 2017, and it would have had to be updated anyway. So, uh, because 2017 was a completely different world. We didn't have Brexit. We didn't have, uh, we hadn't landed. We hadn't achieved Brexit. We didn't have uh, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic to deal with. Uh, we didn't have any uh, commitments to the green industrial revolution and the 10-point plan and all the exciting developments that that represents. So 2017 was a completely uh, different uh, time. And so when I became Secretary of State, the question then became, so what are we going to do with the industrial strategy? We had to update it. And uh, then the question then became, so what are you going to call it? Are you going to call it Industrial Strategy 2.0 or are you going to uh, call it something else? And we decided to call it something else. I think that we're a lot more focused than the old industrial strategy was. Even Greg Clark, who was the Secretary of State for Bayes at the time, said, uh, the industrial strategy wasn't uh, focused enough. It, was, it, it wasn't uh, directed enough as far as I was concerned. And I think we've got an innovation strategy, which is looking at in innovation. Uh, we've also got uh, really advanced plans in terms of the net zero uh, strategy, which uh, has huge opportunity. Uh, and I've mentioned some of those uh, new investments, huge opportunity for UK manufacturing. And I think we've got a much more focused and targeted approach uh, than, than was the case with the old industrial strategy. No, it certainly makes sense. Do, do you think that's been communicated particularly well to the manufacturing community, though? I think we need to make the, we need to beat the drum uh, for what we're doing uh, more loudly. Um, I mean, after all, it, but you know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It was only two months ago uh, that we made the announcement that we were going to uh, morph uh, the industrial strategy into something else. We're making the case for what we're doing. We've got an exciting innovation strategy coming out um, in, a, in in the next month or two. Uh, which will, I think, attract a lot of interest from uh, manufacturers. And I really think we're in a, it's almost like a, a renaissance for, for British uh, manufacturing. I think the opportunities are, are immense. And there's a really, um, I see as Secretary of State, a renewed confidence in the UK. I speak to investors from all over the world, uh, many from uh, the Gulf states, uh, many from America, uh, even uh, from Korea. Lots of people are very, very interested in investing in the UK and see an enormous opportunity here. No, absolutely. And you mentioned GE before. We featured a number of inward investment stories of late, including GE, Pfizer, Innova. Could you please explain? AstraZeneca, I mean, let's not forget them. Oh, absolutely. And uh, and I was going to ask you about Nissan as well, which uh, story broke by the FT this afternoon, if I may, um, saying that uh, Nissan are mm. in, 
in advance talk to your government about possibly having a gigafactory in Sunderland. If you can shed any light on that, it'd be great. Well, obviously, we talk to key businesses all the time. I mean, I wouldn't be doing my job if I weren't speaking to uh, key investors, uh, people who are looking to invest in the UK. And Nissan have a, a great history of doing that. They've been here for 37 years uh, in Sunderland. And I'm very hopeful that we can advance uh, conversations that will attract British investment. I can't speak uh, investment in Britain, rather. I can't speak uh, specifically about you know particular conversations we're having or the details of uh, the conversations. But clearly, I wouldn't be doing my job if I wasn't speaking uh, to these kinds of you know key companies, top companies that have historically invested uh, in us for for decades now. Um, I wouldn't be doing my job if I weren't speaking. No, absolutely. And um, as I say, we featured an awful lot of stories. There just seems to be a spate of them over the last few months. So the government's obviously doing a lot of right things. So could you give us a brief overview of the government's inward investment strategy? So I think what was key, um, two things have happened that have been key to building up confidence uh, in the UK as a place to invest. The first of them we all know about is, of course, the vaccine rollout, uh, where we've administered something like 60 million doses, first and second uh, doses. And this is far uh, ahead of many other countries, uh, certainly in in Western Europe and around the world. It's a world-beating program. And that's given us the confidence to stick to the roadmap, to to outline the roadmap and to stick to it. And that's clearly helping confidence. The second thing, which I think has been really important, um, has been the the deal with Europe, the, the Brexit deal. Uh, lots and lots of people for five years. You'll remember that time. We spoke about nothing else. It seemed as if we were speaking about Brexit all day, every day. And there was so much uncertainty about what would happen. People talked about the second referendum. People talked about no deal. People talked about Change UK. Do you remember them? The the new party, uh, the Lib Dems were going to surge and take everything over, the Corbyn surge we had. There was a a huge political uncertainty around the UK. And I think the fact of of the Brexit deal has meant that um, um, lots of people uh, around the world uh, realize that we're in a stable uh, situation. The Brexit issue has been resolved. That doesn't mean all the difficulties have gone away, but the, the, the big question about whether we were in or out of the EU has been resolved, and that people are looking to invest. Now, my job as a Secretary of State is to encourage that investment, and we're doing that through things like the innovation strategy. We've done this with the net zero strategy, the 10-point plan. We've indicated to investors, the kinds of investment we want to see, GE Renewable Energy, as I said, uh, the blade manufacturing facility, that's directly related uh, to the Prime Minister's 10-point plan. Um, and I think we're in a, in a world where, given the success of the vaccine rollout, people are looking to invest in the UK uh, to, for cutting-edge technology, great manufacturing businesses, good skills. Uh, and I think, um, contrary to what was said at the time, I think Brexit has been a great opportunity for the UK. The next two to four years, it's critical to the future of the automotive industry. If we don't get it right now, it could be lost forever. Uh, The government's committed 500 million over the next four years as part of a billion pound commitment to the EV industry. It's a a very difficult question to answer, but is that going to be enough money to potentially build this two, four, six, eight gigafactories, depending whatever number you think it will be? Well, obviously, the, 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 the money that the government spends... Um, is it will be magnified by the amount that the private um, investors put in. So it's not a case of the, gov- of the, of the government essentially just writing taxpayers' mo- uh, checks with ch- taxpayers' money to, to fund this investment. We have to attract 
uh, the right operators, the, the right manufacturers. And I think we can do this. I think we've got the resources to do that. And I think for every pound, you know, the UK uh, government invests, there will be multiples, you know, three, four, five pounds probably uh, that can be invested uh, in the, in the, uh, by the private sector. And this investment, you know, to the tune of billions is, is actual uh, real economic progress. It represents jobs. It represents uh, investment in skills, in people. It represents uh, supply chain opportunities. Uh, it's a huge uh, benefit, of huge benefit uh, to the UK. And if we talk about the aerospace sector, that's obviously going through unprecedented changes for reasons we all know. What, what, you know, what's the future for that industry? What's the government doing, you know, to help them start planning a post-pandemic future? Yeah, aerospace has, as you know, uh, been very challenging uh, in the last year, particularly because uh, aviation um, has stopped in, in 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 many instances. And I represent Spelthorne, which is a, a seat, a constituency which is very near Heathrow. It's something like five hundred yards south of, of Heathrow, uh, and lots and lots of my constituents work at Heathrow. So the aviation sector is something that is very close to my heart. In uh, terms of what we're, the, how we're meeting the challenge, we're supporting aerospace R&D with something like £3.9 billion to 2026. We've got an Aerospace Technology Institute, the ATI uh, program. We've also opened uh, a £300 million future flight challenge uh, that will um, award grants to companies investing in the future of electric and um, you know, self-propelling aviation systems. There's a huge amount of investment, government investment, that's going into the sector. I speak to the sector a lot. Uh, in fact, uh, tomorrow I will be uh, going to Derby to see Rolls-Royce, who are clearly involved uh, in the sector. Uh, and I think they all acknowledge that there are challenges, but they know that the government is committed uh, to the sector and that there are also great opportunities when we recover um, particularly from um, the pandemic. Absolutely. And another, well, final question for me. This is a submitted question from an SME manufacturer. You talked about Brexit earlier. What support is there for manufacturers exporting beyond the EU for the first time? I think um, this is an area where um, we're very engaged. Uh, Liz Truss has been do doing an extremely effective job negotiating uh, deals uh, with countries around the world um, countries outside the EU. And those export opportunities from those trade deals, I think, will be a big part of the success of Brexit. Um, and we're working very closely with Liz and her team in the Department for International Trade uh, to increase those opportunities. Already, we have um, export finance. Uh, we have a range of uh, uh, policies, well, uh, finance opportunities for SMEs that wish to export. And that's something that we need to um, be even better on. Yeah, Quasi, I'll be honest, you do a good job on social media. You appear to be getting around the country, all areas of the country, with the likes of Ben Houchin, Andy Street and others. So please do keep that up. You know, UK manufacturing needs as much help from the government as possible. Absolutely. And it, and it needs a voice. You're absolutely right. I think I've said this to all the ministers in Bayes. Of all the departments, our ministers should be the most, uh, the most mobile you know, the ones making those uh, train trips uh, to Newcastle, as I've done, uh, to Sunderland, to Darlington, uh, to Doncaster, and other places. It's not just about uh, the north of England. Uh, I want to go to Northern Ireland. Um, you know, we're going to Cornwall. All our ministers are really engaged with businesses all over the country, because it's not, a, it's not, you can't be a business minister for the UK 
simply from behind a desk in, in uh, Whitehall. It, it doesn't work. And, and I, as energy minister, when we could travel, I was very focused on seeing actual um, plants, seeing people actually making things in places like, you know, the Humber Valley, uh, uh, the Humber Estuary, sorry. Um, and I think it's really important that we, we stay focused on that. Sure, absolutely. I, I agree. Uh, just a ch- last one for me, a cheeky one. Are we likely to see Tesla here in the UK? <laughs> well, there were rumours. I mean, I only read what, you, what everyone else read about uh, Elon Musk uh, hovering around. Um, I think the UK is a great place to invest. So it doesn't surprise me at all uh, to read stories about Tesla and others as well, not just uh, about Elon Musk wishing to invest here in the UK. It's a really bright uh, opportunity. They're really bright opportunities. And it's a great time to be a business minister. Well, Kwasi, many thanks for joining us on the podcast. We really do appreciate you joining us and we'll hopefully see you soon and happy birthday. Thank you so much. Great birthday to spend with you. Stu, what a great guest. Wonderful to have a representative from UK government on the podcast. Absolutely fascinating interview. Happy birthday to our special guest. If you're an SME manufacturer, a large manufacturer, you've got great stories, you've got investment news, you're creating jobs, please, please get in touch with us. Or if you'd like to be a guest yourself, podcast at mtdmfg.com. And Boris, we're waiting for your email. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Back with the news. The Tempest Future Combat Air Programme is set to support 21,000 British jobs a year to contribute to $26.2 billion to the UK economy. Wow, Stuart. Yeah, huge project. So an independent report produced by PwC has confirmed the economic impact of the Tempest Programme. The programme is being delivered by Team Tempest. Combining the expertise of the MOD, BAE, Leonardo, MBDA, and Rolls Royce, working with international partners, the UK led project will ensure the RAF and its allies retain world leading independent military capability. And, there, you know, already there are currently more than 2,000 people employed, employed across the UK and the MOD on the program, which is set to increase. Incredible news. Bentley Motors, it seems we talk about Bentley each week. They're celebrating 75 years of manufacturing and crew. They really are motoring at the moment. Absolutely. Well, you've assured me if we mention them every week, Joe, they'll send us one. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing it until they do. Um, <laughs> so uh, fascinating stat for you. Uh, during this 75-year period, over 197,000 luxury cars have been handcrafted in, in crew. And records show that 84% of all the cars built at the plant the UK market are still on the road today. So what a testimonial for, for, for the quality of workmanship at the, yeah, the site. Bentley is currently building cars at record rates, 85 per day, and will open a new engineering test centre and an R&D facility in the coming weeks to support the British Mark's journey towards electrification. American firm, Anova Medical, they're setting up the first rapid COVID lateral flow testing factory here in the UK. It's, it's an important time to be doing it. Absolutely. We were talking about inward investment before with our special guest. So this San Francisco-based firm has reached agreement with Sharp Packaging for it to produce up to 1.2 million kits a day from its existing factory in Rimney. The first kits are expected to roll off the production line this summer. The South Wales operation will be one of the largest facilities of its kind in the world and the first to produce a firm's lateral flow test in the UK. And the investment is expected to create more than 300 jobs. Astonish. They're building a new £20 million factory in Bradford. Astonishing, Stuart. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and another new factory. So the family-owned manufacturer, which has supplied household cleaning products to some of the UK's biggest retailers for more than 40 years, is building a new £20 million site at Gain Lane in Enterprise Zone in West Yorkshire. The, the investment will all, almost double the firm's production capacity, create new jobs 
and also facilitate the introduction of new product lines. And we've got some good news from food manufacturer McCain, Stuart. Absolutely. So the Canadian-owned firm, the world's largest manufacturer of frozen potato products, I think that's chips to you and me, Joe, has revealed plans for a redesign and upgrade of its North Yorkshire headquarters. The 34,000-square-foot workspace at its Eastfield site in Scarborough is designed to attract and retain the best new talent and also to support a new hybrid model of working from both home and the office. In recent years, the firm has invested more than £100 million at the site and is one of the region's biggest employers, providing work for over 600 people. Well, that brings the end to this week's podcast. Please download the MTD MFG app for exclusive content. A huge thank you to Kwasi Kwarteng for giving us a first-hand account of where the UK manufacturing sector is at present. Thanks to my co-host, Stuart Whitehead. But as always, our biggest thanks goes to you at home for listening. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Great British Manufacturing Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review. You can find us on Twitter using at MTDMFG and at Jefferson underscore MFG.